Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. The sermon text is the first reading from Acts 15. You may be seated. In the name of Jesus. Today is the festival of St. James of Jerusalem. Now, if you were ever wanting evidence for the resurrection, for the Easter morning Jesus, Jerusalem Jimmy is your man. Oh yeah, he is your man. The brother of our Lord, as we heard in the gospel reading, Matthew 13, 55, is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary? And are not his brothers James and Joseph and Simon and Judas? Even though they have the same mother, Jerusalem Jimmy is no believer in big brother Jesus as he's miracling, sermonating, demon butt kicking. In fact, Jerusalem Jimmy, during his brother's earthly ministry, taunts him, teases him, doesn't give a hoot about big brother Jesus. So why the change of heart? How does Jerusalem Jimmy go from a denier skeptic of Jesus to a confessor, a hanger honor, a faither of Jesus? Two words. Easter morning. Easter morning. Big brother Jesus walks out of the grave, the very Jesus that Jerusalem Jimmy rejected, resisted, refused. Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. I mean, coming face to face with the guy that just went through a Good Friday death. And he's alive and well. He's healthy. He's living, walking, talking, skipping. You'll never be the same. Nothing will ever be the same. Everything changes. Jerusalem Jimmy is a believer. He puts all of his faith chips on his big brother Jesus. Goes all in, stakes his eternal destiny on Jesus the Christ, the Son of God. He can't contain this joy this gospelly good news. And so Jerusalem Jimmy shares the gospel. Jerusalem Jimmy becomes the lead pastor in the Jerusalem church, and that's where we find Jerusalem Jimmy in Acts 15. Jerusalem Jimmy gives us so much encouragement this morning in our life together here at GLC. From Jerusalem Jimmy... We learn our Lord's recipe for unity in the community, which is disclosing, discussing, deciding, dining, disclosing the division, discussing as a congregation, deciding based on God's re 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 revelation, and dining with love and Admiration. Today, we tackle the four Ds of dealing with division, and we will tackle them one by one. Thank you very much. So here we go. 
Let's disclose the division among the people who live underneath the GLC steeple. Dear friends, sometimes we, uh, we become nostalgic and we just think that everything was just so much better back in the day. <laughs> yeah. We do this for the church, we do. Sometimes we think those first Christians, that first generation of Christians, had it so much better than we do. That, you know, they got along so much better than we do. Nothing new under the sun, dear friends. Acts 15 takes those rose-colored glasses and smashes them to smithereens. Quite the argument that kicks off Acts 15. Acts 15.1. But some men came down from Judea and were teaching the brothers, unless you are circumcised, according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. The Jewish Christians are struggling with what to do with the freshly converted Gentile Christians. Now there's a loud group of Jewish Christians that have the answer. Always have to be one of, one of those guys, right? The answer. They, they know all the answers, right? And here's what they're saying. <coughs> Jesus is not enough. It gots to be Jesus plus m -m 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 Moses. No other way. These freshly converted Gentile Christians must be circumcised, must obey every jot and tittle, of Moses' statutes and commands and laws. Until then, they will be sitting at separate tables from us. We will not associate with them. We want nothing to do with them. We will not wine and dine, feast and fellowship with unclean swine. Pastor uh, Paul and uh, sidekick Barnabas vehemently disagree, don't they? And what's at stake? What's at stake? Peace, unity, a shared table, and uh, most importantly, we're going to pregame a little bit with Reformation here, salvation by uh, grace alone, through uh, faith alone, in the finished work of Christ alone. <laughs> no sweeping this division under the rug. It's an eternal life, eternal death matter. The stakes are high. Now, the stakes aren't always this high with, with, with division, but, but here, you know, it's high. And so Pastor Paul and sidekick Barnabas bring this division out into the light of God's presence. They bring it out into the open. They disclose it. This is the first thing that we need to learn about division. Ignoring division, dear friends, is like ignoring an infection in the body. It will not get better. It will only get worse. Ignoring, deploring division in the congregation is so sad. Because we miss out on one of the greatest opportunities for spiritual growth, and mutual edification. We can miss out on 
our Lord strengthening us like never before, deepening our unity in this community. Now, don't go on a witch hunt looking for division. Okay. Let's not, you know, sniff for division. Let's not look for division around every single corner. We don't have to look for division. Division will eventually come to us. I mean, just think about it. You put enough forgiven sinners underneath one steeple, and we are bound to step on one one another's toes, right? Ouch! You stepped on my toe. It's bound to happen, folks. It is. No perfect church. I'm sorry. GLC ain't perfect. (laughs) Sorry to burst your bubble. So when toes get bumped and bruised, when something can't be excused because a person was abused, when cliques keep folks out and make them feel inferior and removed, when people and their gifts aren't appreciated and used, when the newbies and the oldies aren't fully engaged and fused, we bring that division out into the presence, the light of Christ. We bring it out into the open. We disclose it, not to harm anyone, but to help everybody. So let's discuss division as a congregation with humility and curiosity. That is the second D. Discuss, discuss, discuss. Pastor Paul and sidekick Barnabas. Bring this division between the Jesus plus Moses Christians and the Jesus plus nothing Christians to the Jerusalem church for debate, for discussion, for a conversation. Everyone has a seat at the table. No one's left outside. Hey, let me in. Every voice is heard. And after much discussion, Pastor Peter, Rocky, as we like to call him, right? Peter the Rock. He stands up and he speaks, Acts 15, 11. But we believe that we will be saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus, just as they, the Gentiles, will. Pastor Peter's point is that uh, there's only Jesus plus nothing Christians. Jesus alone saves. He alone saves. There's no need for Christians to be circumcised and follow every jot and tittle of the law of Moses. After all, we are baptized into Jesus, who is circumcised, and who is the perfect doer of the law. And his perfect doing of the law is applied to your account and mine. Thank you very much. So God the Father looks at you and sees a what kind of person? A perfect person. Jesus is enough. He's enough. (laughs) Pastor Paul and sidekick Barnabas They piggyback on Pastor Peter's argument with their personal testimony, Acts 15, 12. And all the assembly fell silent, and they listened to Barnabas and Paul as they related what signs and wonders God had done through them among the Gentiles. 
the miracling done among the freshly converted Gentile Christians is proof positive that God welcomes them to the table by, by, by faith alone. No works. Only grace. Only grace. In what we have recorded here in Acts 15, grace is exemplified. No holier-than-thou tone, no punches thrown, no smite and anger shown. The Acts 15 discourse, discussion, conversation, debate is highlighted with humility and curiosity. Humility because, you know, we're all in the same. I, a poor, miserable sinner, but... The law of God, the great leveler, putting us all on the same plane, the same level. All of us forgiven sinners. And curiosity, because no one can fully know another human being. I can't even know myself fully. <laughs> Let alone a Debbie the Steve, or Judy, or even my wife. <laughs> Everyone, dear friends, a mystery. Everyone a mystery. May God grant to us here at GLC such curiosity and humility. Let us pray. Let us pray for humility day after day after day. Let's look to our Lord Jesus and ask him to give us those eyes. Those eyes to see everyone here at GLC as a gift. A gift to see everyone as brother, as sister, as those who belong to the family of God. Because we are washed into this family with three splashes of promise. Named and claimed, baby. We are the family of God. No one here is an enemy. No, I know we will have our dif differences, right? We will have our disagreements. But those differences and those disagreements need not make you feel threatened. So threatened that you shut down the conversation altogether. <clears throat> Dear friends, much to learn from one another. So let's pray for curiosity every day. Going to Jesus, asking him to fill us with, with, with such openness and gentleness towards one another. I know that when there are differing ideas and thoughts and opinions, we get kind of upset, nostrils flared, angry. How about this? Instead of getting furious, let's be curious. Let's be curious. What would the world look like, especially on Facebook, when the first thing that really upsets you, uh, you fire off a question? It, can you tell me more about this? Instead of just attack, 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 attack. Dear friends, when there are disagreements, division in this congregation, let's ask questions. Like, can you tell me more about this? What do you mean when you say this? How did you reach this conclusion? Here's what I'm hearing you say. Am I correct? 
Now, all of this humility and curiosity is to lead us to seek our God and what He has to say about this division or that division or any division here at GLC. See, He is the final arbiter. Not you, not Aaron, especially not our feelings. Dear friends, let's decide what to do based on God's revelation rather than our emotion. Look at Jerusalem Jimmy in Acts 15. After everybody got a chance to speak. Jerusalem Jimmy sums up Pastor Peter's words, and then he gives his decision based on whose word? God's word. He quotes Amos. Acts 15, verses 13 through 17. And they finished speaking. James replied, Brothers, listen to me. Simeon has related how God first visited the Gentiles to take from them a people for his name. And with this, the words of the prophets agree. Just as it is written, After this I will return, and I will rebuild the tent of David that has fallen. I will rebuild its ruins, and I will restore it, that the remnant of mankind may seek the Lord. And all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord, who makes these things known from of old. Jerusalem Jimmy uses Peter's Hebrew name, Simeon, Simon, to emphasize his, his, his Jewishness. See, Peter is a Jewish Christian, right? But unlike the uh, Jesus plus Moses Christians, Peter actually enjoys whining and dining with the Gentile Christians. We heard all about that in Acts chapter 10 with Cornelius, right? Pastor Peter eats with Cornelius, a newly converted Christian, without a drop of Jewish blood running through his system. What Peter is saying when he sits at table with Cornelius is that God's plan to build back better is unfolding before the world's eyes. From the ash heap of King David's tent, Jesus, the carpenter that he is, is building a a bigger, a bigger, a bigger tent. A tent so big that the entire world can be squeezed into this tent. Of course, we have a name for this tent. We're given the name for this tent by our Lord. It's the church. Jesus, the builder of the church, and above the church door is a sign that says, All are welcome. All are welcome. The Peters... And the Corneliuses, the Jews, and the Gentiles alike are welcomed by Jesus into his church to enjoy fellowship with him, 
time with him, family with him. This is Jerusalem Jimmy's decision. A decision not based on fickle and flighty feelings, but rather on God's revealed, God's sure and certain revelation. The, the, the word, the word, the word. May God grant you that we here at GLC disclose division and discuss that division as a congregation asking with curiosity and humility, question after question, seeking answers in God's revelation so that we wind up at table, feasting and fellowshipping together in this congregation. That's where all of this disclosing, discussing, deciding is going. It's where it's all going. To the table. May that be our goal, our aim, to eat and drink together as family. Let's dine. Let's dine with, with love and admiration, showing hospitality as God's family. Now, the table is a biggie issue in Acts 15. There are people that don't want to eat together. There's a food fight. Major food fight. Jerusalem Jimmy, he leads the church, though, towards peace. And that's what Jerusalem means, right? Place of peace. Jerusalem Jimmy wants every single congregation to be a place of peace. Peace, where brothers and sisters feast and fellowship together. Where brothers and sisters belly up to the same table, all by grace. No works. Jesus doing the choosing. Jesus doing the inviting. And who's going to deny Jesus bringing this guy or this girl to his family? I don't think I want to stand in the way of Jesus. Do you? <laughs> I hope not. And so Jerusalem Jimmy, he gets it. Jerusalem Jimmy tells the Gentile Christians, you don't have to be circumcised. You don't have to follow every jot and tittle of Moses' commands and statutes and laws. But that doesn't mean... The Gentile Christians can just, you know, come to table however they please, however they want. Jerusalem James, he shows there's give and take in this family called the family of God, right? The church. He gives the Gentile Christians, for the sake of unity, some direction with their table fellowship. And that's because Jerusalem Jimmy, he, he understands the situation pretty well. Jerusalem Jimmy knows that these Jewish Christians who grew up with Moses can't just, you know, give up Moses overnight. Moses is a huge part of their personal devotional piety. 
And so, there's sensitivity to be shown. Compromise. Mutual love and, and appreciation at the table. And it's, it's a two-way street. It's a two-way street. The Jewish Christians welcoming the Gentile Christians with open arms, not burdening them with the law for their family. And the Gentile Christians coming to the table, leaving behind them everything that could trip up a Jewish Christian, everything that could make a Jewish Christian choke on his meal. Because they're family. This is what Jerusalem Jimmy is getting at with the final verses here. Therefore, my judgment is that we should not trouble those of the Gentiles who turn to God, but should write to them to abstain from the things polluted by idols and from sexual immorality and from what has been strangled and from blood. For from ancient generations, Moses has had in every city those who proclaim him, for he has read every Sabbath in the synagogues. If you're asleep, time to wake up. Here's the main point. All of this disclosing, discussing, deciding, all of it is to lead us to the dining room, dear friends. All of it. That is the goal of the four D's of dealing with division. And we shouldn't be surprised. We are going to spend eternity at table together, living, laughing, loving, feasting, fellowshipping, whining, dining, Pass the mashed potatoes. Pour, pour me a little more wine. Yeah, yeah, right there. Yeah, I, yeah, I want the, I'm the yeah, Cabernet Sauvignon. Right there. Yeah, thank you. Put a, put a little more meat on my plate. Do you remember that fun time we had when we dot, 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 dot? You were such a help for me. At a really tough time. When you dot, 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 dot. I thank God for you. You are such a blessing to me because dot, 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 dot. This is the language of the new creation. This is the language of the new creation. Mutual love and appreciation at table together forever. So why not start living eternal life today? Why not begin breathing the air of eternity at our dinden tables now? It's not, it's not going to be easy. I get it. Hard work for us all. I also know that here at GLC, there aren't these like deep, deep divisions. But we all have opportunities to deepen our unity in this community. We all have skin in the game because we're all family. We're family. Family. Named and claimed. We're family. So how can you get to know your family better? How about just, you know, asking for someone's name? Even when that person already gave you his or her name, don't be embarrassed. Ask again. Don't let embarrassment be this wall that keeps you from talking to others around you. Don't do that. And how about, you know, staying after church a couple more minutes? I mean, 
Leroy has some really good stuff back there. <laughs> Coffee and cooking, cooking, right? And cookies. All the good stuff, right? Go up to someone and perhaps, you know, ask them, ask them, ask, ask them questions about family, about life, about what they're up to. Let them know that you see them, that you want to know more about them, that you actually care. What's your hurry? The lions stink. <laughs> you can miss the 1 p.m. kickoff, okay? They're horrible. HBO to put out this documentary to make us all just so pumped up. These people here are more important than the lions, more important than your breakfast at Nori's. These people around you are cherished by your God, loved by your God. He is tickled with them. They are the apple of his eye. This is how we are to see one another, dear friends. Oh yeah, and how about your table? Who's at your table? Are you seeing the same faces over and over? How about your campsites? How about your game nights? How about just, you know, the hanging out times? Same faces over and over again? Dear friends, all the people that join you at this rail this morning are fair game to invite for Dindin to your house. After all, aren't these, aren't these, aren't these Jesus' brothers and sisters? It's more true than we really believe, I think. The family that uh, eats together stays together. Come soon, Lord Jesus. Amen.